0: welcome to Mark My Words Football Podcast with Rob and Scott. And we appreciate you listening to the podcast. Feel free to follow us on any of our platforms. We're available on anywhere that you get your podcasts. So listening is easier than ever. And now we're going into the 17th week of the NFL season. And Scott has uh, acclaimed another victory over me this week. And the Jaguars winning two games uh, in two weeks after I bet they would only win one. And that is five dollars.
1: Oh, can't you hear that sound? <laughs> the sound of a crisp five dollar bill. Oh, so wonderful, isn't uh, it?
0: Yeah, enjoy yourself over there. <laughs> oh, I
1: will. Okay. Well,
0: I have to hand it to the Jaguars. They uh, impressive victories there over Dallas at the end, pretty clutch, and over the Jets, even though they had Zach Wilson. But yeah, it was a hey, it was a good fair bet, and the Jaguars took advantage of it. And uh, we will be talking more about Jacksonville, They're pretty intriguing team, now sitting at the top of their division. But now we will first go into the Buffalo Bills as they took home the win last week and now sit atop the AFC as the number one seed.
1: Now the Bills continue to sit as the, in the driver's seat to the top of the AFC with two games to go and got a 35-13 victory over the Chicago Bears in what was a very golden, windy game in Chicago.
0: Yes, windy city.
1: Despite getting 35 points, the Bills offense didn't seem to be firing on all cylinders with only two targets and two catches for Stephon Diggs this game. Although the running game looked just dominant with both Singletary and Cook having over 100 yards each.
0: Yeah, and surprising to see that Josh Allen only throwing for 172 and they were still able to dominate, winning by like three possessions here in this game. And again, very good sign. I think that now they're definitely can be considered a well-rounded offense.
1: Yes, certainly, and good to see more from Dawson Knox yet again, as he's been the team's leading receiver the past few weeks. Good to see their athletic tight end going.
0: Yes, he has a lot of ability, and in the playoffs you're going to face a lot of teams that have great cornerbacks that are going to just be plastered all over Diggs. Diggs getting out to a really hot start to start the year, but since then he's kind of tailed off a little bit, they're going to need their guys like Dawson Knox, like Gabe Davis, to step up and, and have increased production. And I think they have been up to the challenge so far.
1: Yeah, certainly that's going to be one of the biggest things for the Bills offense going into the postseason. Yes,
0: yeah, it's because like, Diggs can still get open with these double coverages, but it might not be right away. Like A lot of the times Diggs is a first read, obviously, as a number one receiver. He might be co- uh, covered at first. So now Josh Allen's looking away, and maybe Diggs ends up getting open, but that might not be till later down the road.
1: Yeah, and it's good to have guys where you're getting those mismatches and you can take advantage of it all day. Just like they did in Kansas City last year with Gabriel Davis getting four touchdowns.
0: Yes. And having that like you said, Dawson Knox. If he can really get consistent here, which has been his main problem, I think he could be one of the elite tight ends because when he's playing really well, he really has some nice moments, but he's been he's got a lot of, you know, inconsistencies in his game. So if he's able to step up for this run, they could, he could definitely be a force for this offense. I think so too. And that's been like one of the things that you know my Packers really can never get going was a good tight end that's kind of stopped their offense. But I think in today's NFL, having a good tight end is essential to be a great offense, as you've seen with the Chiefs and Kelsey, and you know, name it, the Ravens with the Andrews, the Patriots with the Gronk for so long.
1: Yeah, man, good tight ends are so hard to find nowadays too.
0: Yeah. Because they act kind of like a slot receiver,
1: almost. Yeah, definitely.
0: Like underneath coverage when, you know, you can always depend on them to get you some quick yards because they're so much bigger than everyone else.
1: For sure. And having the extra athletic ones are even better for that when they're getting you the yards after catch.
0: Yeah, like Andrews and Kelsey and all them, yeah. For sure. And, uh, yeah, so I think we're going to transition here to the Green Bay Packers taking home the Dolphins. So, Bills beat the Dolphins up. Packers go ahead and beat the Dolphins up as well. And... Oh, well, they didn't really beat him up, but they shut them out in the second half, just edging them out to get to 26-20 victory. Any thoughts from this particular game?
1: Yeah, really crazy ending there with a few picks right in a row by Tua Tagovailoa to help the Packers yeah. take this one home.
0: Yeah, three picks on like the last
1: four drives. And I find myself seem to be a little bit more impressed with the Packers' offense as of late as well, Yeah, as they've looked a lot closer to what they've been in the last few seasons, as of late, and you see and wait to see if it's enough to get them into the playoffs. Whereas on the other hand, you see Miami just absolutely slumping here, losing four in a row now, like and their playoff hopes are now in doubt.
0: Yeah, like just a few weeks ago, we were thinking, okay, like, it wasn't an unpopular opinion to say the Dolphins might win the the AFC East. And now we're talking about there's a very realistic chance they can miss the playoffs altogether. Just crazy to see, like, their collapse here.
1: Yeah, for sure. And as good as, as Tua has been here, it was crazy to see that many picks right in a row there.
0: Yeah, very uncharacteristic because he's kind of a guy that really takes care of the ball. Like, if you're talking about a fault from Tua, it's not turning it
1: over. Yeah, but, I mean, a lot of things I'd have liked from Green Bay, and we'll see what they have to come in the next couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, and I think this is definitely their best win all year, and, like, mainly due to the adjustments. Like, the biggest thing that I, you know, always critique the Packers on is their lack of adjusting. And this was just like an – this is like a blissful game because those last three drives, they talked about it. And if you listen to Jair's uh, post-game you know, game press conference, which is hilarious – but also insightful, they said in halftime they knew where Tua was going. They said he, he plans out all of his throws. So if you you know press the one guy and everyone sits back like Douglas did at the end, he then came off. They knew he was going to throw it to Waddle there, and it was so obvious. That's why all of Tua's picks looked like, what are you doing? It's because he made the decision that he was going to throw it there no matter what before the play even starts. Like that's, that's why Tua is not an elite quarterback yet, because it's all pre-planned stuff. It's no improvising.
1: Yeah, and that's worked for a lot of the season for them because of his very elite receivers. Yeah. But at some point, it could catch up to you. I was of the mind that I thought he would be just good enough to be able to overcome that, but maybe not.
0: Yeah, no, I know. I think that he's got really good fundamentals. So I think you know, the injuries is the most concerning thing. He's had like so many concussions this year. But I wouldn't give up on him. I would think that... He made a lot of good steps this year, and if he can just get better at improvising, that's really the next thing he has to work on. So if he puts his head down and works on it, he could definitely become a pretty good quarterback next year. I agree. But, um, yeah, as for the Packers, though, yeah, this is the the best I've felt about them all year long. And that, like, they're still not playing great. There's still a lot of mistakes that you kind of leave your, you know, you're scratching your head. But they, they can definitely show they're kind of a, they can be a quick-strike team, and they can come down, they're resilient, and they always put up a good fight. So we'll see what happens. Uh, they got two very winnable games, I think, against the Vikings and the Lions. And if they get the proper help, which I think they will, we could be talking about playoffs, which is just that's, the, that's really the purpose of the NFL team, is to just be entertained. And I've definitely been entertained by the Packers all year. Definitely. And now we're going to go on to a third edition of our segment, Are You On Board?, where we discuss some of the most controversial teams and decide if we are on their bandwagon.
1: All right, let's start this off. Are you on board? The Dallas Cowboys are coming off a win versus a very good Philadelphia defense where their offense looked unstoppable. And their offense currently boasts the third highest scoring in the NFL. And also their defense have allowed the second least points in the NFC. So the question is, are you on board? so i
0: oh this is the hardest oh this team is so hard to judge and for a while it felt like this may have been the like the cowboys that finally are different but i don't know I, you know what i'm gonna do it i maybe i shouldn't but i'm gonna do it i think i'm on board the dallas train i think that they match up very well with the eagles their defense is just as good The offense is just as good. I think Dak Prescott's a better player than Hurts overall. I think the Eagles probably have more weapons overall than Dallas. But I think that Dallas is not afraid of the Eagles, and if they meet in the playoffs, it's going to be a toss-up. So I am on board with the Cowboys train.
1: Glad to see you're aboard. As am I. I mean, I've said even a few weeks back, looking at the roster, is there a better team than Dallas in the NFC? And I said that based on the fact that I believe they have an offense that has almost everything you need. I've always been a fan of Prescott as a quarterback. I think they've got a receiving core that's good enough and could possibly land Odell Beckham to make it even better. And a very good defense with some really strong edge rush, especially from the Parsons, where they've got you on the run all day. And I think their offense has done plenty to prove that they're good enough to win themselves games and a defense to hopefully keep the other team at bay. And a very
0: clutch kicker as well, in Brent Maher, which a lot of people don't uh, real, um, you know, fail to mention that.
1: So, therefore, I am on board the Dallas Cowboys bandwagon.
0: Yeah, so we get, we got to talk about Dan Quinn, though. He saved the defense. Remember how bad it was before he got there with Nolan in there? That was horrible defense.
1: Definitely, and that wasn't something that I or many people saw coming, Dan Quinn being the savior of that defense. Yeah,
0: but he really has worked miracles over there.
1: Certainly. Let's get right into our next team here. Are you on board? After a 7-4 start, and what was looking to be a lock for the playoffs, the New York Jets have dropped their last four, no doubt due to poor quarterbacking from Zach Wilson in the last two. Despite their elite defense, and Mike White coming back this week to take over a quarterback, the question is, are you on board? All right, so...
0: As of right now, the Jets are not in the playoffs. The Dolphins are. So they have to leapfrog Miami. It's the only option they have. So I am, I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs, but I'm on board the fact that they're a, a good NFL team. And the here's why. So the Zach Wilson is without a doubt the worst quarterback in the NFL, bar none. Like you can't give me a quarterback that I would not take over Zach Wilson. Like he is awful absolutely horrible quarterback. You saw Mike White come in and instantly do better. Like it's over for Zach Wilson. So I think the Jets, they're a really strong team, very clutch, their defense is really good. They need better receivers, my gosh, they need better receivers, but I do think the Jets are good. So I guess you could say I am on board, but I'm not sure if they're gonna make the playoffs.
1: I'll go a little bit in the opposite direction here. I've said quite a bit, even going into this season, that I really liked some of the pieces that the Jets had on offense, especially at receiver. But, I mean, we haven't seen really a whole lot from Elijah Moore this year, but really have seen a lot from Garrett Wilson, on the other hand. And their defense has been one of the best in the NFL. It really has been been a very good defense. But when I look at that team and I watch them, I still can't find myself getting on board with Mike White running that offense. And they're just... Just short on offense, so for this year, I have to say, I am not on board with the New York Jets.
0: Yes, but next year, they they could do something if they get Brees Hall back, and he plays like he has been. And maybe they get, like, Derek Carr at the quarterback, they could do something.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'd say even with a, a full season of Mike White at quarterback instead of Zach Wilson, I still would not have been on board with this team. I would still have oh. viewed them as a fringe team.
0: I think they would have made it though if they had white in all year.
1: Possibly they could've.
0: I can could point to at least two games that Zach Wilson lost then.
1: Yeah. And moving on to our third team. Are you on board? The Pittsburgh Steelers have won four of their last five games to bring themselves one game back with five hundred, and currently are clinging on tight to some playoff hopes. With uh, what the machine says is, I believe, a 9% chance to get in. 2%. Oh, 2%. I'm sorry. 9 if they win. 9 if they win out? Yeah. So the question is, are you on board? <laughs> so
0: I am on board because I think the Steelers are going to win out. And before the year started, I said I predict the Steelers to get be 9 and 8 because I said you don't bet against Tomlin. And I'm still standing by them, sticking to my guns. And they're they're a different team when TJ Watson there. They're like 6 and 2 with Watt this year. So I'm gonna, I think they went out. We'll see if they get the help, just like the Jets. We'll see if they're able to make it. But I think the Steelers are a team that nobody wants to face right now because their defense is scary good and their offense has been a lot better in recent weeks. So I am on board with the Steelers training.
1: Myself, I'm gonna, I'd gonna. have to definitely pump the brakes on this one. Uh, the eye test definitely seems to say that the Steelers' offense has been better, but look at their stats. It really hasn't been in terms of points. Still averaging only 17 as a whole this year and still 17 their last three. I mean, it's looked a little better given the connection between Pickett and Pickens as this season has progressed. But I mean, one of my very first marked my words this year was that Pittsburgh would have a losing record. And I still stick by that. And I still stick by the fact that I don't think they're a very good team. And I disagree with the fact that nobody wants to play them right now. I think a lot of the high powered offenses in the uh, AFC would take them right now. Really? And therefore, I am not on board with the Pittsburgh Steelers fan, Mike. I
0: think they would give any team a, a really good fight right now. Like, their defense is really good. They lost to the Bengals, but it was only by seven. They lost to the Ravens by two.
1: Like, ugh. That's a Tyler Huntley blood Ravens, so. though.
0: Yeah, that's true, but I don't know. It's something about hard nosed Steeler football that it, it just works this time of year.
1: That is true. They have been very good for a long time. Yeah. And there's one more for us here. Let's get into that. Are you on board? An insane year so far from the Green Bay Packers. Coming off two straight MVP years from Aaron Rodgers, the Packers found themselves at 3-6 and, and left for dead before winning four of their last six games and now hang on to some slim wild card hopes. Their offense overall has averaged 20 points per game all year, but in the last three has averaged 26, looking much better. So the question is, are you on board?
0: And I am going to say that I am on board. And my hope this year has been a little bit uh, kept in check. I guess it's been reserved. Because I always felt a little bit optimistic, right? Even when they were three and six, I felt like, okay, we could still get things going here because you never know what could happen when you have an elite quarterback like Rodgers, who is still a very good quarterback even though he's a down here. But I think the momentum is on their side. They believe they can win every game here on out, and this year what has been different about them from other years is they're resilient. Every game they never give up, they're always going to fight to the last breath, and I think they're going to win out. they got two divisional games in Lambeau, so I'm on board the Packers, and if they make it, watch out because they can make a run in this NFC, which is wild. I
1: kind of went back and forth on this one, but I do feel like I stuck in there a lot longer than a lot of people did for the Packers early in the year when they started that losing streak. And I do have a lot of belief in Aaron Rodgers and was looked like a much better offense as of late. How their receivers have come along with Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs and their weapons in the backfield with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And I feel like because of that I'm on board the Packers bandwagon here and as a fan, I hope to see them in the playoffs over a team like the Giants or the Commanders because I believe they're a more fun team to watch and are actually a better team overall. Yeah. And,
0: like, what's better for the NFL? It's definitely the Packers in. Do you really want the Commanders kind of stumbling in and they're boring? And that's not what anyone wants to see
1: that. Nobody wants to see that. And having a 13-16 a to 16 game with the Vikings or something? Yeah. Like, ugh.
0: Instead, we could get Green Bay Vikings, you know, in it's the second game in two weeks in the wild card. That would be awesome.
1: Yeah, that'd be a much more fun matchup for me to watch personally, and I feel like for those reasons I'm on board the Packers' bandwagon.
0: Yeah, and a, another big mention is the special teams have gotten so much better. Like you saw it again last week with Nixon's 90-yard kickoff return. Like this guy is just invigorating the offense to where they're having short fields every single drive. Like they're kicking away from him, and I think that really adds a boost to the team. So uh, like when your are guys able to get out to the 30, 40 yard line, that just, it gives your whole team an energy that when they're coming into the drive, like anything is possible. So I think just the right things are happening at the right times right now. And we've seen this before, uh, you know, with the whole relax year and then the run the table year, we've seen the Packers get down and come back and make a run. So I do believe that, that definitely could happen again. And from that, that was the third edition of, are you on board? And we will transition to our game picks for Week 17. And we both had very respectable weeks last week with me going 13-3 and and Scott going 11-5, making uh, us at a one-game differential on the year. Scott, with 137 games predicted right, and me at 136. So two weeks left, anyone can take the victory here.
1: It's going to be a fun one here.
0: Yes. And we started off with the Thursday night game between the Dallas Cowboys and the Tennessee Titans. And for the Titans, it will be Joshua Dobbs, third-string quarterback, starting. Who do you have taking the victory?
1: I have the Cowboys in this one, and I don't think it will be close because of that.
0: Yes. Cowboys have been in some close games recently against the Texans, the Jaguars, and the Eagles. And maybe they're a team that scares you a little bit, but they should have no problem taking care of the Titans this week.
1: I agree. Then
0: we have the Arizona Cardinals and the Atlanta Falcons, possibly the two worst teams in the NFL. And this is a horrible mark, my words. I had the Falcons winning the division, and since then I think they've only won one more game, and they've been like one in five. So uh, despite that, I do think they're better, slightly better than the Cardinals, and will win this game.
1: I also have the Falcons winning in this one, and for similar reasons. Although I did waffle a little bit, as uh, Colt McCoy led uh Cardinals offense hasn't been maybe quite as bad as I originally may thought, and they do have a couple good receivers. But I will have the Falcons winning as well.
0: Yes. And then we have the Chicago Bears against the Detroit Lions, and the Lions just breaking our hearts last week losing to the Panthers. Uh, I do think they will take care of the Bears here.
1: Yeah, I will pick the Lions. Well, yeah, just oh, I couldn't believe them. I had the Lions in almost every single parlay I had. Probably four or five times I had the Lions, and. Like, just, I found myself just yelling at the TV or my phone, just watching the play-by-play of that game go on. It's like, come on, guys. you, you got to have this. It's Carolina. You're supposed to be good. You've got a good offense. So what is going on here? <laughs> but that cast aside, I do believe this game probably is a lot more exciting than maybe it looked at the beginning of the year. With uh, Chicago, although at 3-12, and it's been much more fun as of late with Justin Fields looking better. And Detroit having a pretty good offense this year.
0: Yeah. Arguably the best in the league from Detroit. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it should definitely be an exciting game with playoff implications for the Lions. And then we have the Denver Broncos facing the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Broncos firing Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, well deserved, I think, although it's equally his fault as it was Wilson's. They're a dumpster fire, and I'm going to pick the Chiefs here without much thought.
1: Yeah, I'll pick the Chiefs as well. Yeah, Denver has just been horrible. What just a horrible, horrible regime, and just everything that happened this summer has that could have gone wrong has gone wrong from them. Yeah. But uh, fortunately for them, they could get out of Nathaniel Hackett. Unfortunately for them, they seem like they'll be stuck with Russell Wilson for a long, long time. Yeah. Unless they can figure out some kind of package of picks to make a trade similar to what the Rams did with Jared Goff, which would probably cost them multiple first and second round picks. To get Wilson out of Denver.
0: Yeah, but for this season, they they can't even like cut him or trade him because they couldn't even have enough money, I think, to pay every guy like the minimum on their roster. Like they literally like they have to play him next year.
1: It's just crazy, crazy dead cat pit for next year.
0: Yeah. So, ugh, horrible situation there. But then we transition to the Dolphins and the Patriots. Very interesting game. Both of these teams, they gotta have this game. It's in Foxborough. And Tua will not be playing. Who do you have taking this game?
1: I have the Dolphins winning on this one.
0: And I will go with the New England Patriots to take home the victory. I just think that the Patriots are not that good, but the Dolphins without Tua, it's going to be very mediocre. And the Patriots are going to stop the run, and they're going to force uh, Bridgewater to throw, and I think they'll be able to get uh, an edgy victory.
1: I've always believed this season that the Patriots are not as good as their record shows. Really dislike the Patriots' offense in general, and I do believe that as a backup quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater is about the best you can get. And with those receivers in Miami, that they're going to be able to give him enough for the Dolphins to edge out a win over New England.
0: Yes, Jacoby Brissett and two and uh, Bridgewater are probably my top two backups this year. I think. I mean Brissett, he's to be honest, he looks better than Watson. <laughs>
1: yeah, he kinda has been.
0: But uh, then you got the Colts and the Giants and poor Matt Ryan doesn't get a fighting chance here as they're bench- I think they're benching him once again for Foles. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Colts are just they're they're done. I'm okay. gonna take the Giants here.
1: I'll take the Giants as well, and I can't believe that decision to keep Nick Foles in that again. He looked just awful this week yeah. on Monday night football. I cannot believe they're putting him back in.
0: Sometimes it takes a little bit of time. You have to stick with Matt Ryan, I think. Like, think about it. He comes in to Frank Reich, who isn't that good. He gets – so he's learning a new system already, okay? He gets fired, and then you bring in Jeff Saturday, so now he's going to learn Saturday's system, and now you're benching Ryan because he's not getting it. Like, come on, give the guy a chance. Yeah. It's just completely unfair, and it's probably the end of his career, which sucks because I always like Matt Ryan, but – that just really sucks for the Colts.
1: And this game seemed to be for the Giants to just about lock up a playoff spot of their own.
0: Yeah, if they win, they're in. And no no ifs, fans or butts. Everything's in front of them. They just got to win one of the last two. And I think they will, because Dayball is a much better coach than Saturday. Yes. And then you got the New Orleans Saints against the Philadelphia Eagles. Will Hurts play? Will he not? For me, it doesn't really matter too much, because I think Minchu is more than capable, so I think the Eagles will take home the win.
1: As do I. Yeah. yeah, Minshew showed that he definitely has enough to do what it takes to keep the Eagles offense afloat. And, again, it's proven that he's a very good backup and should probably get some consideration as a starter next year. Yeah. And a Saints team that, how many weeks am I going to have to say this? Why are you still trotting out Andy Dalton? Although, <laughs> at this point, it doesn't seem to matter anymore yeah. as they've <laughs> let that go on far too long. And Saints, mm, not that good of a team. No. Had some potential, but... Are not
0: that good. No, they could They could still make the playoffs, though, if the Panthers win. Yeah. But Which leads us into Panthers against Buccaneers, and this is going to be the most boring game of the week. <laughs> I'll take the Buccaneers here to win this, because I'm trusting Tom Brady over Darnold all day.
1: Yeah, as will I, but something like about me still wanted to almost pick the Panthers, as the Panthers did beat the Buccaneers not long ago.
0: Yeah. I think Steve Wilkes should get that job. He's been done a pretty good job with, like, an absolute dumpster fire.
1: Yeah, it seems that the every time the Panthers win, I've picked against them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or had some kind of bets and everything against them. So the Panthers have done better than maybe they should. And the Buccaneers, just one of the most boring watches you have all year. Yeah,
0: amazingly, though, because the receivers are good. You still have Tom Brady. But and I don't
1: know. You still had an all-around good team. Getting Nick Jensen back will hopefully help their offensive line.
0: Yeah, Yeah. for sure.
1: But going into the year, a team that everybody thought would probably contend for the one seat in the NFC and go on a deep run, but looking like they'll be an easy out-in-the-wild card despite winning their division. Yes.
0: And then you have the Cleveland Browns against the Washington Commanders, Um, and the Commanders are going to be starting Carson Wentz here over Taylor Taylor Heineke. Uh, they have very similar stats this year, actually, so I don't think it really makes too much of a difference there, um, although I personally kind of keep better. I will take the Browns here, but it's mainly out of hope because we need the Packers. Uh, they need the Browns to win here.
1: I'll take the Browns as well, and also partially due to the fact that they're starting Carson Wentz, and I believe he's going to throw a couple of picks in this game. Yeah, as he always does. Yeah, and that the Sean Watson can maybe look a little better now, and Nick Chubb and Watson can help carry the Browns to a victory over the Commanders.
0: Yeah, I mean, Watson has looked progressively better every week, so maybe, you know, they are able to uh, expand on what they've been building there and and beat a not very good Commanders team. And then we have the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Houston Texans, and the Jaguars, all of a sudden they are in the driver's seat for their division, just got to win out here, and I, I do think they'll beat the Texans pretty handily here.
1: So do I. And a Jacksonville team that's been very interesting of late, having a good win versus the Cowboys, and got a win versus the Jets, and they've got to handle business versus Tennessee next week, and they're in. And I've really liked watching Lawrence as of late, as I said last week, and I've really enjoyed them as a watch the last few weeks, so I do hope they can get in.
0: And then you have the San Francisco 49ers, against the Las Vegas Raiders, and it should be noted that Derek Carr will not be starting. He's not even with the team anymore. It's going to be Jarrett Stidham here, so I'm going to go with the 49ers to take this game.
1: As am I. But did have a bit of an interesting thing here, and I'm not even sure why. I just can't seem to get on board with San Francisco, despite even saying earlier in the year that I thought San Francisco had one of the most complete rosters of their like just something in my gut tells me I can't trust Brock Purdy, despite what we've seen. Like I don't know what it is. Why? But I mm-hmm. just can't get on board with them. He's. I'm telling you what, it's gonna
0: hurt you. But he's better than Trey Lance. I mean,
1: I don't believe we've seen enough of either of them to make that kind of. We've seen more.
0: Statement. We've seen more of. No comment. No. We've seen more. Uh, we've seen more of Brock Purdy, and he's led them to wins, all wins, since he's got there.
1: Yeah. But I'm not sure what what it's been, but I've just got this gut feeling that he's going to drag them down at some point.
0: I mean, to me, it's just they're so good, it really doesn't matter. Because with Jimmy Garoppolo, he was just a game manager, and they still were a really good team. Yes, that's true. So I think think they even have more big play opportunities with Brock Purdy in there as opposed to Garoppolo, as long as he doesn't make a boneheaded decision, which it doesn't look like he's that type of player. I think they should be fine. But... Anyways, the 49ers, one of my least favorite teams. Hopefully the Packers don't face them in the playoffs. (laughs) Because that's one team I'm not confident that we can beat. Uh, We have the New York Jets and the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle was, man, they were really in the driver's seat for the wild card spot. But similar to Miami, they just have really gone on a bad losing streak. Do you think they are able to get back on track against New York?
1: I do. I have them winning over the Jets this week.
0: And I will have the Jets edging them out with Mike White. I think they'll get a mental boost. And they should just edge Seattle.
1: Yeah, and this is going to be a game I'm going to be paying a lot of attention to. As I can really see it going either way. Because, I mean, Geno Smith had had quite a year. I mean, really coming out of nowhere to lead them to a good offense this year and having a lot of good stats. And Metcalf having a pretty good year. So we'll see what he can do versus his old team, the New York Jets. And, as well, what Mike White can do coming back and play for them.
0: Yeah, should be good. Geno Smith leading the NFC in touchdowns, I believe. Yeah. So pretty surprising. they definitely comeback player of the year. And then we have the Minnesota Vikings and the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau. And I am going to go with the Packers in this game. As will I. Yeah, and they're favorite. Packers are three-and-a-half-point favorites. So Vegas continues not to trust the Vikings. And to be honest, I don't trust them either.
1: Yeah, and we've talked about that last week too. But, man... Six of their wins have come with points in the last minute, and all in 11 of their 12 were one-score games. They're yeah. 11-0 and in one-score games. That is just an insane stat. No NFL team has had that many one-score wins or that many last-minute wins in NFL history.
0: That's crazy. And I guess the Viking fans take that as, oh, look, we're going to be good in playoffs because every playoff game is a one-score game. But I kind of take it as, mm, you're gonna, your luck's gonna run out at some point.
1: Yeah, I agree with that.
0: And the Packers, the last four games, they have not allowed a single fourth quarter point. So impressive. Yes, I think that helps them in this game. Then we have the Los Angeles Rams against the Los Angeles Chargers, and Baker Mayfield leading the Rams to a 51 point game against the Broncos. Here, I'm actually going to pick the Rams to win this game, just because it's the Chargers. They don't really have anything to play for here because they're already in. So, I don't know, maybe that's my upset pick of the week, I guess.
1: I will still go for the Chargers in this one. But, I mean, yeah, the Rams, definitely a very impressive game on Christmas Day. And me with a horrible take that I didn't think the game would go <laughs> over 25 points in total. Yeah, <laughs> That was a bad take. But yeah. I, I am definitely very happy the Chargers were able to piece together some good wins here at the end because I believe that the NFL and the playoffs are a much better team with Justin Herbert and the Chargers in it and was disappointing last year when they just fell short. So I'm happy the Chargers will be included in the playoffs this year, and I believe they'll be able to get a win over the Rams this week.
0: Yes, and Chargers definitely one of the most exciting teams to watch with their late-game antics. And then we have the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens, maybe the most physical game of the year every single year. These two teams hate each other, and I'm going to take the Steelers to beat the Ravens here.
1: Uh, So will I.
0: Oh, surprising. But you, you weren't on board.
1: No, I'm not on board, but I'm also not on board with Tyler Huntley or the and this Ravens offense. And the Steelers did play them very tight, and I believe the Steelers or the Ravens only won that game because of some insane rushing stats on the day by J. K. Dobbins and others. So I believe that the Steelers, with Kenny Pickett this time, will be able to edge out the Ravens.
0: Yeah, similar I s exactly my sentiments there. Hopefully the Ravens get Lamar back because they have no shot without him. That's for sure. And then you have the game of the week, maybe the game of the year, the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals. Huge playoff implications in this game. Who do you think takes home the victory?
1: I have the Bills winning on this one.
0: And I will have the Bengals winning.
1: Yeah, that's huge, huge implications for the one seed here. And it should be a very exciting game. And many fantasy championships are going to come down to this night as well.
0: Yes, including ours.
1: Yes, uh, one of my teams is in the championship. That has Joe Burrow and Stefan Diggs. Yeah, <laughs>
0: so it's going to be a pretty interesting rooting dynamic for that game.
1: Yeah, definitely. But very excited and really for me it has very similar vibes to the playoffs last year, especially going into Kansas City.
0: Yeah, this feels like a playoff game, just the atmosphere. Like it feels like playoffs.
1: Yeah, very excited for this one and can't wait to see what happens between two high flying offenses.
0: Yes, and it's it's almost as close to a, as a toss-up as you can get. The Bills are like one-point favorites. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy the show on this one. <laughs> and that concludes our Week 17 picks, and uh, now Scott is going to go ahead and give you his parlay of the week.
1: Last week we came oh so close, going 2-3, but uh, the Lions became my <laughs> downfall last week. That made me fall one leg short. This week we're going a little crazy. We're going back and we're going to pick all underdogs this week in this one. We've got the Browns, the Dolphins, and the Seahawks. The Browns underdogs at 1.5, Dolphins at 2.5, and, and Seahawks at 1.5. I believe we'll all take their games this week.
0: Ah, I think I pick against two of those teams in, the, in mine. Yes, you did. Yeah, <laughs> should be interesting. That's probably a good sign, though, <laughs> on your part Uh, because I have not been up to my usual standard here in Pickham. But that concludes our segment for this week, Mark My Words Football Podcast. So hopefully you all had a happy holiday. We're going to go into the final stretch of the regular season here, a lot on the line for a lot of teams, and it feels like playoffs are right around the corner. The most exciting time of the NFL year is coming up. And this has been Mark My Words Football Podcast with Rob and Scott. we are team